Welcome to Om Times TV, a division of Om Times Media and Broadcasting. Welcome to the No BS Spiritual Book Club's live streaming interview series, where leading new thought teachers, speakers, and authors share the intimate stories behind the 10 best spiritual books that inspired them the most on their spiritual journey. From well-known classics to hidden gems you might never have heard of, the No BS Spiritual Book Club saves you time and money by sharing reliable recommendations from those who've walked the path before you. The No BS Spiritual Book Club, the only No BS guide to the best spiritual books to inspire your own journey of self-discovery. Here's your host, founder of the No BS Spiritual Book Club, Sandy Sedgbeer. Hello and welcome. Despite growing up dyslexic, Zenka Caro discovered the power of storytelling to deliver the most potent ideas to our doorstep, bring genius minds and revolutionary ideas into our homes, and transform ordinary individuals into the heroes who shape the world. It's the impact of these influences that helped foster Zenka's passion for blending science and spirituality, ultimately culminating in projects like a mystery school for the galactic age and teaching others the joy of mind over matter during spoon bending training courses. A notable futurist, software architect and founder of lightnet.org, a collective intelligence think tank centered around consciousness, Zinka Caro joins me now to share the 10 best spiritual books that influenced her the most on her life journey. Zenka, welcome. Thank you, Sandy. It's great to be here. So books, that must have been really challenging for you growing up dyslexic. How did you cope? Well, I think you always find a way to cope. And that's one of the interesting things about the human body is that even, you know, people that can't see can hear perfectly. So I think that I would just memorize the way the words would look. And I you know, <laughs> tried to hide it as much as possible. And I actually love reading. So I think that's great. And you always have to appreciate the uniqueness of your body and brain because your blind sides are going to give way to the to the things that make you special and interesting. So, mm. so books have had a powerful, powerful effect on your life, you've said. Um, tell me why. Because... You get to basically get inside the life of extraordinary people. And I think that in life, humanity is only governed by the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. And this can be true for every person listening today. What is the story that you tell people mm -hmm. about yourself? What is the story you tell yourself about yourself? And I'm always wanting to ride the top of the evolutionary curve to see what this earth and these people are capable of. So when you read a book, it's like understanding the potential of the world all over again. And I think that we're living in extraordinary times. And I, I'm very obsessed with time. So just thinking back a couple generations, books were not available to you and I. <laughs> They were like for rich people, for kings, for 
you know, I mean, even a lot of the the books that have changed the world, like in, in the mystical spiritual traditions, like even in Judaism, some of those books were not even able to be read by people that weren't studying to be a priest. Now that stuff is on TikTok. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is why we're entering um, a renaissance around the world. And I love that we can share information, incredible, powerful, liberating, transformational information in the way that we can. Mm. What was it like for you having to pick just 10? <laughs> it, I, after I sent it off, I was like, oh, I forgot this one and this one and this one. <laughs> Did you find um, did you find it easy though? Yeah, I I you know it was stream of conscious like oh yeah this one this one this one this one yeah so it's it's a mix you'll see today it's a mix of science books and 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 people who've done incredible things and a lot of the books I'm going to be talking about are people that have done incredible things that they've written a book about or the book has become a project and that's really what I'm interested in is is how we get the world to experience their greatness through an experience not just about reading it but what happens when you actually try it yourself mm. well let's start with the first book on your list which is the classic that changed our view of tomorrow and you say changed your life and it was future shock by Albin Tuffler, published in 1970. <laughs> yeah. So I still to this day remember I went to visit my parents in their farm in Ohio in this book, and uh, Power Shift was sitting there on my bedside table. And when I read it, I started to understand exponential change, this idea that we are not really cognitively capable of understanding the fact that we're about to go through so much massive change in the next five to 10 years, we can't even picture what life will be like. And we've learned this with, with AI recently. It's like all of a sudden, I mean, this is like the beginning of AI and it's already disrupted everything. I mean, even education, no wonder education is falling apart because so much is new and the teachers can't keep, keep up anymore. <laughs> like we've got to reinvent everything and I often think of it kind of like if, if you were in a chair facing toward the future and in the past it was just like pretty much the same generation to generation now it's like that chair is literally lifted like that and so after reading this book I realized that I needed to dedicate my life to preparing for what was next and preparing people to believe that change was a good thing, not a scary thing, and that there was so much potential waiting for us and that we needed to think about it. We needed to start preparing. And their second book, um, uh, uh, Power Shift, also changed my life again. So after spending years of my life studying exponential change and doing TED Talks about it and really trying to study why it was happening and how it was happening, I then read Power Shift, which is about how that the power in the world used to be done through military might and money. And now it's knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that's what this book club and everybody who's sharing on YouTube and other platforms is all about. It's distributing knowledge around the planet that's going to make us 
um, be able to, to create the world that we want to, right? So that the everyday people have the knowledge to create a better world. And um, we're experiencing that right now. And so my nonprofit is dedicated to sharing the most valuable information on the planet that has been kind of shrouded before and organize it in a way that's, that's, that's palpable, just like you're doing here. It, I mean, you can get overwhelmed by the number of books out there, but you just said no 10. And then with these people, these 10. So it's a curation of knowledge because we're in the information overwhelm age, right? So yes. they, they pointed to this fact and, you know, just like, you know, I, I often use the example of the TEDx, I mean, the, um, um, uh, the the global prizes where they give away a th millions of dollars um they do that with people in their basements it's not nasa that's winning those prizes it's the people that have intelligence and time and so i think that the tables have turned where before the people with the money and the guns were running the world and now it's the smart people and <laughs> we all can do it yeah, well, definitely there's a leveling out of the playing field um, because of technology. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Book number two, Abundance, The Future is Better Than You Think. Yeah, so this is another major tenet of, some, of my personality and what I believe influenced my entire life was they talk about how with grounded research, how the world is actually getting better. And we, especially right now, all the doom and gloom that is going on right now, that people are talking about the world's going to end, this is going to happen. No, <laughs> that's not the story we want to tell. And that's not actually what's happening. If you look, if you step back in time, which is, is really what is so important and what we miss so much because we're in the thick of the forest, if you step back in time, you realize that the world is getting much better. Uh, and if you look at women, th there you go. Just if you just look at one factor is that women are able to go to college now, we're able to study, we're able to vote. I mean, that's massive. You've got a whole like companion intelligence now conversing with the world and its decision making. And that's that's a balance that we've never had before. So that's getting better. And I just think in general, the world is getting better. I think that there's less wars, less people dying, all this stuff. But we think there's more wars. We think there's more people dying, you know. So it's just a matter of perception. And I love this book and I love uh, both of their work. Um, Peter Diamantes is incredible. And they, they really have, you know, moonshot is now an everyday word, you know, which means go for it. Like, let's change the world in massive ways because we can. Well, also, we have to take into account that there are countries where women do not have the vote and do not have education, and you know, or had it and it's being taken away from them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and we will that, I mean, I, I talked to a lot of people in Saudi Arabia who are working with women's organizations and they have entire, now they're funding massive places for women to go to, to be together and to learn about their health and all these other things. So that it's, there's no going. Yeah. I, I don't think we're going to go um, too far backwards. There is ebb and flow and there's definitely pushback. Um, but I think that, you know, transforming the world 
is possible. And it's even more possible if you have a vision of what you want and you believe that we can do it. Mm. So the other version of Zenka is sitting in the corner crying, going, this is a mess. Like we still have people, you know, killing each other in wars, all this stuff. You've got to choose what persona you're going to be and then charge toward that and make it, make it real. So I think that they, you know, the X Prize and Singularity University and all the work that they're doing is an important reminder that things can change just in one day to another, they can change. And it takes people with a vision for what we want to get there. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the good news is that we have the technology so that even people denied an education at a college, in a school, a university may be able to have access to it at home. Yeah, I mean, I was just on a call the other day and they were talking about women in Afghanistan learning principles of peace and they're having to do the education kind of privately. So the Taliban, you know, it's just like, mm. it's happening. <laughs> you can't yeah. put this back in the box. Yeah. 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 Book number three, A New Kind of Science by a Physics and Computer Science Genius, Stephen Wolfram, published in 1997. What was it about this book that really got you? I remember getting this book in Washington, D.C. to this day. It's a 1,200-page book, and I loved this man's ethos and his drive to understand the universe in terms of patterns. So in addition to this book, he created a mathematical platform that allows people to visualize math and scientific data and things like that. And that also became my obsession with my work, because if we can understand a pattern, but again, by stepping back a little bit, like the exponential change graphs are very shocking. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, this is like, it's, you don't have to explain it anymore. And I think and that's what we're looking for in LightNet. What is the pattern of people that cure themselves of cancer? What's the pattern that, that gets people to bend a spoon? Because there is a pattern. And if we don't have tools to see the pattern, we are really crippling in humanity because we're going to have to relearn, 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 relearn. So I really admire his work and his quest to provide tools so that we can think better together because not one of us is going to solve this <laughs> puzzle. So we need data visualization tools to be readily accessible to the world. Mm. You said on my deathbed, I hope my life's work culminates to produce one thing, an elegant and simple algorithm or sentence about nature of reality. Have you got any idea what that sentence might be yet? Yeah, uh, I think so. And I think it might be different. We know we started to notice patterns with spoon bending um, and other remote viewing and other, you know, really extreme reality creations. And that's kind of what we wanted to start studies like, okay, if, if we can get a guy to walk out of a wheelchair or if we can remote view like France, then we could probably do everything below that. We can probably have people stop their headache or whatever, right? All, all the stuff below. And uh, I think it has to do with energy. It's what everyone is saying. It has to do with our belief and our energy. And I think that everybody has 
a choice in the story that they tell about themselves. We're back to that thing. So if you believe in your heart that you can bend a spoon you with your mind, you actually can do that. And I've watched hundreds of people do it that had no experience and didn't maybe have their chakras aligned or this or that, you know, they weren't big. It's like they just, they, just the emotion of it. So we know that emotion intention and belief are are something that rules the world so so those are some of the patterns that i think uh will help us do everything whether it's cleaning up the oceans or going to outer space or falling in love or being better parents or whatever it is it's it's those it's those guiding principles and i can't wait to have the the research come out because it'll be nuanced. You know, you and I are working on the purpose lab. How do you find your purpose? Well, that's a little bit different, but it also has to do with a lot of people don't follow their purpose because they, they can't believe in themselves. Yeah. And that's a tragedy because I believe in every one of you listening. <laughs> I believe in you. And, and, and when we believe in ourselves, uh, the magic starts happening and we can, you know, we can really create something else. Someone told me the other day, this funny idea. He was like, what if we're in heaven right now? What if we're dead right now? And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, Adam said, he goes, well, what if we died and where we are is like the, the gift of the universe to have whatever you want. So in this life, you get to have whatever your heart desires. And I was like, yeah, maybe <laughs> that's right. Because we know when you when you have a strong desire in your heart and it's true and it's and it's innocent and it's real, the universe somehow conspires to give you that. And mm. we're gonna talk about some books later. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why we don't get that <laughs> normally. Yeah. Reframing our beliefs, that is a really, really important thing. Really important. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Book four, The Light Shall Set You Free by Dr. Norma Milanovic and Dr. Shirley McCune, published in 1996. And of course, um, Norma wrote one of your other choices as well, probably better known, but we won't say that until we get there. So okay. tell us about this particular book. Did you read it before the other one? Yeah, I read this one first. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I had a spiritual awakening after someone did Reiki on me and my math mind, my like tech tech head had never heard of any of these concepts. I mean, this was the, I didn't even have any friends who knew what a chakra was. I was not, I didn't even know what the word consciousness meant. This is five years ago. And I, and, and, and then a friend, you know, I went out to lunch with a friend who I'd, I'd started a business with in Argentina. I hadn't seen him in like 10 years. And I was like, I have fallen so far down the rabbit hole. And he's like, I followed him down the rabbit hole. I'm like, no, it can't be worse than what I've been going through. This is crazy. My worldview had to expand like there and then there and then there. I was just like, oh my God. I was like, ETs, no way. You know, all this stuff. I was just like, no, no, no. You know, life after death, you know, multiple life. No, you know, reincarnation. No. <laughs> and I had to keep 
opening because I started to believe that the, I knew that those things were now true. And so he's like, look, you need to read this book. And I said, okay. And I took all the notes. It was like thirsting for an education and having it handed to you. It's a mystery school in a book. It's everything about the Emerald Tablets boiled down, how reality works, how it's created. I mean, this is knowledge that's been passed down for generations and generations. And again, we are not in the hoarding stage. There's no more mystery schools. There's not, we're not, we're not hoarding this knowledge. The more people that understand this, the better, because we're all going to end up on, you know, if you line up 100 people, 100 people, like 80 of them or more want the world to be a beautiful place where we can dance and do all this, you know, so I, so this is a mystery school in a book and it talks about ascended masters and the different and dimensions. Everything is there. And I loved it. I loved it. Mm, yes. Yeah. The information is changing now. You know, it might be a little bit outdated because now we're moving into a whole new thing. And that's the exciting part of, of where you and I are, Sandy, is that all of the knowledge of the world just hit the re reset button, the renaissance reset button. And so now we're standing upon knowledge that was discovered, but now we have to rediscover and rewrite the next chapters that lay on top of those other chapters. So we're in a really interesting time. Well, I really feel that we have uh, reached the end of one pathway and a new door has been opened up because where we're going now, I'm not sure anybody has been before or if they have, you know, certainly not for a very long time. Um, and the expansion that we're about to experience really is going to be mind-blowing. Yeah, and it goes back to your point earlier. This is a leveling of the playing field. Yeah. So nobody knows what's going on. We only have some breadcrumbs from all the knowledge from the last thousands of years. And now everybody listening gets to experience this knowledge. And that's one of the things I'm very passionate about with LightNet is giving you the experience to remote view, giving you the experience to experience your own telepathy. I mean, it's shocking to even me. You know, I was like, oh my God, I'm telepathic. I was like, okay. You know, so it's just like, you don't even know what you're capable of and you don't even know what you know. And in fact, most of these writers, and we're going to talk about Dean Radin, I mean, they get knowledge from somewhere else. And so you, everyone listening, has the capability to get knowledge, higher knowledge. Yes. <laughs> just by having a body and trying <laughs> and, and, and being open to it. Yeah. 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 And it's, and it's like the first time you get open to it, the first time you receive knowledge, then it's, you want more and more and more. That's the rabbit hole. It's like, this is like, this is incredibly fascinating and magical and beyond our wildest dreams. And, and it's so cool that we're, we're in this moment where, like I said, things are better than we could have ever imagined. Like I thought magic was just in books, like Harry Potter, but now I'm witnessing it in my life. So many things happen on a daily basis that we just go, wow. Yeah, and we are gonna see more and more of this, yeah. Yeah. So book number five, slightly different book, Before I Die by Candy Chang published in 2013. Yeah. 
So I, before I was working on all this data analysis for, for consciousness, I was an, a street artist and I loved getting out there and leaving these surprises and gifts on the street. You know, the people would be like, oh, I was just walking to the supermarket and I saw this incredible thing. And I loved that. And I, my obsession was with this woman, Candy Chang, and one of her, she, you know, she lived in New Orleans, someone died, and she covered an entire building with stencils and said, before I die, I want to line. And, and people would grab chalk and they would write it in. And I just thought it was the most brilliant thing because it reminds us to live our calling, to run, run passionately toward where we're going, even if we don't know how we could possibly get there, because it will actually happen if you stay focused, right? And then one day I found out that she was giving away the stencils and all the like information on how to do it in, in your city around the world. And that's also what I really thought was needed in life is not this like artist that was on the pedestal, but templates for us to experience and express ourselves that weren't copyrighted and like, you know, that, that they, they could be done all over the world. And so I set one up in Argentina where I was living, painted an entire wall with six people. And in two hours, the whole thing was filled up. And it was six-year-olds and old men. And like, I just sat there, almost cried because I couldn't believe how I love art that like cuts through all generations, all economic, like that is art. That is a movie. When a film can appeal to everybody, that's, that really is cutting a cord. I remember watching one woman go up and she's like, I want to go to Europe. And this is in Argentina. And her son was walking with her. It's like, mom, why didn't you ever tell me? We can make this happen for you. You know what I mean? So if you don't tell anyone what your dreams are, yeah. or if you don't even know what they are, I did a lot of artwork about remote controls of like what if you had a remote control that could do anything, what would you want? So I mean that that was one of the things that I researched was that people know what their nightmares are and what they don't want, but they don't even know what they want. So then we go back to the original principle. If you're not sure exactly what makes you come alive or what you want to do before you die, you're not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna happen, you know? I think that goes back to what you said earlier about belief. I think people do know what they want. They just don't think that they have any chance of getting it or the permission to go for it. Right, right. Yeah. That came out in one of the interviews recently, and I had forgotten that that was the case. Like, I, I wouldn't even put that on a list, but I think that's right. Um, there's there's like a battle in our minds, and one of them says, I want to do it, and the other says, be realistic come on, who do you think you are? You're not this, you're not that enough, you're not this enough. And that be, that that will become your reality, Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Well, footnote to Candy Chang, more than 400 people have created before I die walls around the world. Yeah, and I'm in her book. I'm like, my wall is featured in her book and stuff. Brilliant, good. Okay, we're going to take a short break now. You're listening to a No BS Spiritual Book Club interview and sharing the 10 books that had the biggest influence on her life journey is futurist, software architect, time traveler, and spoonbender, Zenka Caro, 
who is the founder of lightnet.org, a collective intelligence think tank centered around consciousness. We'll be back with more of Zenka's 10 best spiritual book list after this break. Om Times TV. Maya Angelou once said that there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, and when I'm not hosting Om Times Media's flagship radio show, What Is Going On, and the No BS Spiritual Book Club, I help people share their untold stories. Books are my life, my joy, and my passion. And there is no greater reward than helping aspiring writers get their books out of their heads and into the hands of those who are waiting to read them. If you feel that you have a book in you, but don't know where to begin, visit sedgebeer.com, click on the Work With Me tab and find out how my experience helping others tell their stories might be just what you've been looking for. That's sedgebeer.com, S-E-D-G-B-E-E-R.com. Imagine becoming a super influencer. Reinvent yourself, invest in your brand, and then manifest your success with a robust, spheric approach. Own Times Media and Broadcasting offers a unique and multifaceted way to become the spiritual and conscious influencer you deserve to be by putting your message across our powerful platform with its proven record of integrity and excellence. Through our produced shows, Own Times offers the opportunity to become a social media TV personality, a radio show host, an Own Times magazine columnist, and a syndicated podcaster, all in one shot. By live streaming your show on Own Times TV and broadcasting it across the extensive Own Times radio and TV networks, you become more than a host. You become an ambassador and a force for positive change. Ohm Times. Open yourself to the possibilities. There are 16 million children struggling with hunger in America. That's one in five daughters, sons, neighbors, and classmates who don't know where their next meal is coming from. Yet billions of pounds of good food go to waste every year. It's time we do something about it. Feeding America is a nationwide network of food banks that helps provide meals to millions of kids and families in need. Visit feedingamerica.org to help them feed even more. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Welcome back. Zenka Caro, book number six, Healing Prayer Commands by Rachel Farabar, published in 20. 2022, so very, very recently. And it, and she, you think, is going to be the next Joe Dispenza. Why? I do. I do. She's very fascinating because Joe Dispenza taught us that our thoughts and emotions create the reality around us. But she teaches us how to figure out what your thoughts are. And I know that sounds crazy, but... Uh, your subconscious mind is most of your mind. Your conscious mind is this tiny sliver. So the only way to know what's in your subconscious mind is to look at your life, look at what you have, look at what you've created with your family, with your jobs, with your relationships. So it's very interesting because um, 
she teaches. So she, when I met her, she was like teaching theta healing, which is this idea that she could basically put someone in hypnosis and, and change their, their life completely. And I watched her do it. She got people off of heroin, which is like crazy. And she got them pregnant, which they haven't been able like think, things that were major blocks and major life issues for people. She was solving in a half an hour and I couldn't believe it. And her book walks you through every single question you might have about finances, money, um, love, all the things. It's like, do I feel safe feeling this? Do I, you know, do I feel supported by my community, by my family, by my, in every single permutation that there is? And you start to realize through muscle testing what you actually think. And I was shocked. I was shocked when I did my own um, muscle testing about what I actually thought deep down. And then you do prayer commands that she teaches you how to do, which is this loving commands where you reprogram your mind and then you retest everything and it works. So you completely have undone your beliefs. So it's one thing to know we have a problem and it's another thing to actually solve it. And that's why I think she's the next Joe Dispenza because she's figured out what to do about the fact that our, our feelings, thoughts, and emotions create our reality. What are you supposed to do about it? Because if you don't even know what you think deep down, you're not going to be able to get there. And part of it, you know, you can do affirmations and kind of like override your thoughts. Um, but this is faster. And it's also very, you know, very thorough. It's a full work workbook where you're checking off each individual thing. I mean, hundreds of pages of how to do it. So I love when people really spill the beans on their lifelong knowledge. And she did that. Yeah. And, you know, most of us, we're walking around having thoughts that aren't even our own. Yeah, that's right. Um, and that's, we're going to talk about that a little bit in some of the next books, you know, epigenetics, you know, talks about the fact that your feelings and emotions were gifted to you by your ancestors, because otherwise you might not have known to, to like deal with the drought in the way that you did, or to be even scared of like X, Y. So it's a gift and a curse. And we have all of that for seven generations in our body. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, and then you're around other people that are th thinking certain ways. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced going out into nature, going out off the grid, your thoughts are different. In spoon bending, we learn a lot of stuff. And one of them is that if, if, if you have a bender next to a non-believer, or if you have someone that can't bend, you got to put a bender next to them because their thoughts in six feet are going to stretch yeah. the person. I mean, it's fascinating. We're all mixed together. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Book number seven is the second one by Dr. Norma Milanovic. Um, we the Arcturians, A True Experience, published in 1990. Yeah. This was really amazing. It's a very charming book about two women who interview to Octurians, I think it's two Octurians, and they taught. I'm so glad that you know it and that you <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so what they do is it's this complete anthropological question and answer session, and it's so cute because 
it's so foreign to them asking the questions and the responses are so unusual that it's like, it just becomes really endearing. And it teaches us about how they do their civilizations. You know, one of which is that children uh, are taught by the highest vibrational beings on the planet. So here we just have like, teachers aren't paid that much, whatever, you know, like there, they actually take very careful, um, you know, a look at how they're grooming the next generation in order to carry on that, that potency of vibration. And they can actually also scan you and figure out what your vibration is at. And I just talked to a scientist here in Sedona and I was like, can you scan my body? And he's like, yeah, cause he can scan any object. It's not good to scan yourself all the time, which is what the Arcturian said, because you, then you're just like, it's too crazy. But it'd be interesting to have check-ins of like, okay, where am I operating at? So I really loved hearing about how they do things. I loved the bit that said that not everyone is allowed to be a parent. They make sure that the ones who actually do procreate are the ones that have a very high vibration. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my parenting journey, I have a nine-year-old and I did not know what I was doing. Like I, you know, the, we should really support young parents, new parents, because there is no instruction book and now we don't have a community in order to do it together. So you really don't, you know, some of it's not obvious. Yeah. Yeah, we're prepared for so much in life, but not for being a parent. And then we're, we're spending all our like a life undoing what happened between zero and seven when your brain is in hypnosis 24-7. So this would be, you know, the Arcturians have it right. Like, why not get that mm -hmm. first seven years right? Because uh, then we don't have to do all this trauma release <laughs> our whole lives. We just get on to the one part. <laughs> yeah. So book number eight is The Ancient Secrets of a Master Healer, a Western Skeptic, an Eastern Master, and Life's Greatest Secrets by Clint G. Rogers, published in 2020. Yeah, so my friend Aaron, who is in a wheelchair, and I absolutely love him so much. He he just like captivated my soul. And I was just like, I'm going to help you get out of that wheelchair. We're going to figure this out. We're going to do Joe Dispenza. We're going to everything and he got married and he had Clint Rogers do his wedding and so then Clint Rogers was doing this 30-day mung bean soup thing which I did a only mung beans for 30 days and I read his book and I like like I said with some of the other books it's all marked up and what he did was he was a skeptic a scientist and his dad had cancer and he met an ancient healer that was part of like the lineage of Buddha healers. And this guy would do the pulse thing where they just like put their hand on your pulse and they know what's wrong with you. Yeah. So I guess it's channeling. I don't even know. It's just hilarious that you can pull that information from the field. And they would cure people that science were like modern science, were like oh, can't do anything for you. You know, oh, you're in a wheelchair. Like, Oh, well, you know, like, or whatever these people had that, that, that was stumping modern science and they would treat it through Ayurvedic food and also spiritual like knowledge and, and belief, belief that you can heal. And so Clint started this thing called the miracle experiment. And I'm all about experiment. I'm, I'm all about data. I'm, and I was like, 
I love this book and this man. And so he goes around the world and cures people of things by helping them believe that they can and putting them together in these groups and then having them be in a group for 30 days, right? So his book is translated into so many different languages by volunteers who just are like, okay, we need this. I mean, it's like literally in dozens of languages. That's how you know you write a good book. When you have people begging you to translate it in their own language. And he's had an incredible impact on the world in this new science, in this new science that says, you know, the only healer you get is yourself. You know what I mean? Like the doctor can only do so much. And so you, you get in there and you go, yes, I'm doing this. And yes, it's possible. And yes, I'm going to provide data for the next person behind me because I want them to know that they can do it. And, you know, he, he did literally help someone that was paralyzed. I, I, now I have like seven people who've gotten out of wheelchair. You know, it's just, so it is possible. And we need to tell ourselves that story. And so he's really creating an amazing thing with this book and his life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it is interesting because, uh, you know, you can hypnotize somebody and you can tell them that a feather on their arm is actually a cigarette and their body is going to come up in blisters. You know, this is a fact. It's been done. Um, you know, so if you can do that, if you can create that just with someone hypnotizing you, what else can you create on your own? Yeah. Wow. My friend Viola is, she said, my soul's calling, believe it or not, is is becoming a breatharian, which is not eating anything. And she's like, it's always been this calling, but I've been super scared to try it. She met another guy, did a workshop, and now she's she's in it and she's six weeks in. So if we don't even need technically need food, I mean, we're all going to eat because it's so delicious, but if we don't technically even need food, then we are confused about how this reality is. And maybe it's like what Adam said, maybe this is heaven where we get anything we want, as long as we believe that we can and we love ourselves enough into creating it, you know? So with, with those anomalies are why I get excited to get up in the morning. Cause I'm like, how could, how is it possible if someone didn't eat for a couple of years? I mean, that's like, doesn't make any sense. And that's why your work is so important. Sandy is us questioning everything until we understand what, what our swan song as a, as a humanity. And we're about to figure it out because yeah. of books <laughs> i have to ask how did you fail on 30 days of mung beans <laughs> it was fine i mean you you kind of you know there was a, just an ad that was playing that one one out of every five children don't even know where their food is coming so you just say like wow i'm grateful for this food that i have you know because we, we, it's again, it's this perspective thing. Where are we in time and where are we in a society? And so you just have to be grateful. And it was fun because you do it with other people and everyone's like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. You know what I mean? So it's just like fun. And it gets rid of parasites, which are supposed to like, you know, take some of your energy. So I, I like experimenting on my body. I like experimenting with my life because you can't understand anything until you actually had a lived experience. <laughs> Yeah, we are our best laboratories, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So book number nine, a very personal book for you, The Women of Robertson Place, A Family Saga 
by Lynn H. Carden, published in 2020. Yeah, so I, um, I was in college in film school and we went out into the back shed at my grandparents' house and found an uh, entire like uh, box, you know, a, a chest of all these things, of top hats made of beaver skin, of diaries, of like crazy little like glasses and all this stuff. And my mom's mother never even told her that it was there. So it was like this like new thing of like all of a sudden we could see into the intimate details back ironically seven generations, which is as I was mentioning before. And there was nothing special about my family. They told the story of what it was like to be in the Midwest when the Indians were still there, you know what I mean? All the way up to modern day. and. And again, like that's like the women, you know what I mean? It's interesting to see where our, like, if I just skipped the record and went back three generations, what would my life be like? Nothing like my life is today. And you realize that we're all standing upon the genius, the books, the thoughts, the stories, and the ideas of people that have come before us. And, you know, my mom spent 10 years and researched the historical societies, like everything, timelines of what was going on in Europe at the same time, you know, all of this stuff to, to really write this. And she's a great writer like you, Sandy. And so is my sister. One of the things we found out was that every generation skipped. So it was writers, artists, writers, artists, writers, artists, literally back seven generations. And I became an artist and my sister became a writer. So it's like with our generation, it was both. And my mom, so it was, you know, it's fascinating. It was part of the Underground Railroad and things like that. So you see all these themes that it's touched. And um, we can do, all of you guys can do that. Even if you don't know your past in particular, look at yourself in time and see what's newly possible in this day and age, which is so much. I mean, we're living like kings and queens. The fact that we can even, my grandmother couldn't, you know, they were the first people like doing commercial flights, you know, to Europe, like, or whatever, you know, now we can just talk to people all over the world in one YouTube post or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. so. Wow. Yeah, that's quite a, 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 an undertaking on behalf of your mother, but also what a gift to, the generations to come yeah. you know to have that record that history that knowledge and to be able to think about that it gives you a whole new way of thinking about your own life yeah 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 so book number 10 i love this book real magic ancient wisdom modern science and a guide to the secret power of the universe by dean radin one of the things that I love so much about this book is because he is a scientist. And, uh, you know, when people like Dean Radin write books like this, then people pay attention. And that one was published in 2018. Yeah. You know, as we do these Purpose Lab interviews and we interview people like Bruce Lipton and things like that, we realize the struggles that they had to go through to be themselves and to be spiritual. 
I mean, now it's no big deal, but for people like Dean that really said, I'm going to study mind over matter interaction, no matter if there's no funding, no this, no that, it can be laughed out of every single Congress and every like, and he's the one, talk about standing on the generation of people, the hard work of the people in the past generation, like he's the reason why all these other scientists and, and all of us have become citizen science to study this stuff because of his very meticulous, grounded, repeatable research. I mean, he was one of the few people doing slit experiments in the quant, like actually doing it. It was like, okay, we have this theory, but like, let's actually build a slit, you know? And we have plasma balls at my house because he used to use those. So in this book, it's delightful. And it's, you know, he talks about 3000 scientific, you know, research papers about how consciousness is more fundamental than matter. Consciousness is more fundamental than matter. Somehow matter arises out of our consciousness. And again, I don't like working with a half deck of cards or five cards and being asked to solve a problem. So if you are not considering consciousness in every single thing that you, every single problem, every mountain we're trying to climb, we have, we have, don't have the full deck, you know? And it could be the only most important question, which is why like I'm dedicating my life to figuring this out. What is consciousness? How does it work? How do we use it? Because if Dean's right, then we really have to focus our energy and understanding of consciousness. And what you're doing, Sandy, is, is that, you know, asking these questions that never even occurred to us before of how does this actually work? Uh, and Dean Radin is just an incredible, you know, uh, you know, scientist. And we have a lot to be grateful for him, you know, at one my favorite, I don't know if we have time, my favorite part of this book, well, you guys will read it, but where he creates a lab with someone else who created a lab, they, they both created the same lab that he wanted and that the other guy wanted. So it's it's like the win-win situation in, in spades. And I and I laugh to this day reading that chapter. It's it's absolutely delightful. He wanted a lab with certain equipment, and this other guy wanted Dean Radin to be on his thing. And all of a sudden Dean knocked on the door, opened it up and saw the entire lab he wanted to build. And the other guy was seeing Dean Radin, who always wanted to be part of his research. And they just sat there, they got dizzy and they sat down on the couch because they had like both manifested their, their dream come true in the same moment. <laughs> so great. I think we lost connection. Oh. Okay, I was just gonna see um, if I could, if it was a problem on my end, but it looks like it's a problem on Sandy's end. So let me pull up my book list and see, um, that was the last book. So I'll close the project uh, and, and presentation today um, by talking a little bit more about LightNet uh, and the nonprofit that we've built. So LightNet is, is designed to be in collective intelligence and we study how people do impossible things and we study those people. So we take a hundred people that did something impossible. 
That could be spoon bending. It could be, we're working on an addiction lab. We're working on a purpose lab. So, so only 5% of the world are living their purpose. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. There's a little bit of uh, um, intention in that one as well, you know, to get myself back online after everything crashed. Um, so I've been keeping everybody uh, informed. Did you finish talking about Dean's book? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. And then, yeah, I was just explaining to them that in LightNet, we study how people do impossible things, partially to have the proof and inspiration that we were just talking about to expand the story for all of us. Like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And then really looking for the patterns. And we, we have a resource trove because it can be overwhelming, just like books can be overwhelming. Well, which ones? Uh, and so we have a trove of resources that bubble up, just like we've talked about, Sandy, I would love to, to look at the data of all these 10 tops and see what's, what's moving to the top, because that's important. Yeah. Uh, and then we invite people to try it at home. So then we invite people to do these things in small groups of eight. And as we know from Lynn McTaggart's research, another book that didn't make it, but that it's huge, right? is this idea that if you get eight people together, your dreams can come true faster or in, you know, she's done a lot of research on healing, but it's with everything. And we have studied all of this stuff. And we found that if you wish for someone else, like if, if you're saying, if you're wanting to do something, well, let's say you want to help a, an author become more visible. Well, if you intend for it and you wish for it in your heart of hearts, it's almost more powerful than them, them, they themselves wishing for it. And you get eight people together and the math changes even more and almost becomes like almost inevitable. So that's what we've, I mean, spoon bending, we, we use that hack too. You know, it, we almost don't even do it with less than 15 people because that's, because spoon bending is, is very like impossible in most people's minds. So you need a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more push on that one. But, uh, but so, yeah, so we're really trying to put into practice consciousness and to, and to make this wisdom available. Like we said, if, if, if wisdom is the new oil, if knowledge is the new oil that will be the power in the world, then let's, let's get it into the hands of everyday people that want the world to be good and, um, and, and let's get everyone to try it themselves because that's, that's where your true knowledge comes from is your experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the more people you can get together, I mean, we see this in, you know, with crowds is that, you know, there's almost like a, a viral effect that goes on when someone's feeling something, everybody's feeling it. And of course we would because we all won anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we close, we don't have a lot of time left. Um, you put in your keywords, apart from Spoonbender and the other things, the one that stood out for me was time traveler. Tell me about your time traveling. Okay. Well, I'm not exactly sure. I've always felt like I was born, you know, at the wrong time. Like I think that I'm supposed to, you know, I, I'm, it was hard for a lot of people to understand what I was doing because I felt ahead of my time. But then I'm also wondering if that's part of what I create in this world. You know, some people, we've started to believe that maybe we created the reality that we're in. The experience we're in was created by us. So we're starting to realize that with virtual reality. And I mean, if you go on mid journey, you're like, 
this just produced reality, right? And 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 so it's not far fetched to think that maybe we're lying down somewhere and that this entire experience is a created as a learning mechanism for us. So time travel is something I've been obsessed with. And I even have like 2038 as my middle name now legally. I mean, just, just this whole idea of um, what is it going to take for us to teleport? And Carolyn Corey is working on this. And what is it going to take for us to time travel? Because there may be other versions of ourselves, other places. So when we are living is important. Um, you guys are all, like I said, you guys are the jackpot generation. You're born in a time where anything is literally possible and you have access to a lot more, just like that abundance book and the bold book. So I guess that was a very random like response to, to just to tell you that I'm not sure we understand te teleportation or time travel. I do believe it's possible. I do believe I'm from the future and I do believe I traveled backwards in time and we'll see what I can research on teleportation and time travel in my lifetime. I mean, all we need is a body and, you know, Yuri Geller teleported. So it's possible. Um, it's just a matter of, playing until we figure out how to do it again. He, he, I talked to him recently about it. He said, I, I don't, I can't do it on demand. Well, let's try. And plus technology, frequency technology. Jimmy Blanchett says that in some places there's 27 hours in a day. So I believe that if you shift your, the way that you experience time, you could actually be in another location or another frequency. Yeah. Well, keep me posted on your research there, because that's a subject that really interests me. And unfortunately, we have to close now. Thank you so much for all the work you're doing in the world. This is a great project, a great uh, show. And I and I love I love going through all these lists and checking it out, especially right now for the holidays. So I hope Thank you guys all curl up with a new book. Thank you very much, Zinka. Um, and we're really happy to add your 10 best list to the library of uh, No Spiritual Book Club's uh, recommendations. So you can find Zenka's uh, 10 best list at the website, the nobsspiritualbookclub.com, and you can learn more about her fascinating work at lightnet.org. That's it for this week. I'm Sandy Sedgbeer. I'll be back at the same time next week with another 10 best interview for the No BS Spiritual Book Club. Till then. It's goodbye from me and thank you again to Zenka Kala. Thank you.